Welcome to Nothing Makes Perfect, a podcast about practice. My name is Jeremy, and in this episode, I got to talk with Tasha Louie. In addition to being a peer, another movement coach, Tasha and I have become friends. We've worked together as client and coach, and I just want to address her uh, personally real quick. Tasha, the part of the conversation near the end when you talk about your grandmother and the work you've done together really inspired me. And honestly, since we recorded, it's helped me think about my own relationships with some of my older family members. So I really appreciate you sharing all that um, and just coming on for this conversation. So thank you. I'll get back to reading your bio. (laughs) So there's a lot I could say about Tasha, but she kept it really brief. uh, So I will read her words. Tasha is an online and private coach. She explores the landscapes of movement, strength, and mobility to help people better understand and connect with their bodies. In the second half of the conversation, like I mentioned, we talk about her work as a coach. And in the first half, we talk about her own training, what you might call unconventional strength training. So we cover making strength training fun, who the gym is for, how training is different from coding, and doing exercises wrong. It was super fun. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tasha. Actually, in your bio, you talk about defining strength for yourself, which rings really true based on the types of things that I've seen you do. So can you talk about like what that means to you, what that process has looked like over the past few years? The past few years or, or like where, where it all started? <laughs> well, I, I perceived that some things happened over the last few years in terms of strength training for you, but you tell me where it started uh, before all that. When it comes to, you know, figuring out what strength is and, and, and what I thought it was, that started maybe about 20 years ago um, in in college when I was like, I'm not going to reveal my age because I'm not quite comfortable yet. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. But it was a while ago. Um, and strength at the time was, you know, uh, it, it was buff men throwing weight around, uh, making all sorts of noises and... Um, taking up space. That was, that was what strength was, you know? Um, and you know, I wanted to be strong. I was, a uh, rather, uh, I was rather mobile as, as, as a kid and did a lot of different things, but you know, I wanted to be able to do things like a push up, a pull up, um, push weights, you know, it seemed kind of cool and fun. And I wandered into a weight room in college, uh, and it just seemed like a place that was only for already fit dudes mm. at the time. It's very different now, which is great. And I love it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was interesting because um, I was kind of, I felt as if I didn't belong. It wasn't a place for me. Um, and so I actually gave up. I, I gave into that. I was like, oh, okay. Mm, maybe not for me. And, um, and I tried again, then that was like three to four years ago, actually. Damn. I mean, first of all, that sucks. (laughs) I hate everything about that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's quite common and almost normal, actually. Uh, And yeah, it does suck. But, you know, had I not had that, I wouldn't have been on the path that I am now. Could have been very different if I... You know, if I did stick it out, I, I could be somewhere totally different now that, who knows? Yeah, so define strength for you sounds like this, like, uplifting, inspiring thing, but it sounds like it started from a real frustration, like a, a brick wall. Yeah, because, well, it's interesting that people see exercise as, like, something that's a given. It's easy. It's it's genetically coded into us. We just know how to do these things. Um, at least the people that are really into it. (laughs) The people for whom that's convenient to believe. And then, um, when someone hasn't had a lot of practice, um, and they kind of start, it's, it's very confusing. You know, there's, Oh, I have to coordinate my body. I have to balance. I have to, there's all the spatial awareness that, uh, they weren't really thinking about. It was just, you know, you pump out reps, you push a weight in one direction and bring it back. And that's all it is. Um, 
but there's a little bit more to it. And uh, that's confusing, um, especially when we tend to think of our bodies as this given thing that we owned and we spent the most time with. We should understand it completely already. It's a given. It's a matter of just plugging in a function and having an automatic response, like a vending machine. Like you put in <laughs> money and you get a snack or, um, or like coding, which I live in the Bay Area, which is a big tech industry. So it's like a lot of people think of movement and exercise as if, you know, they're doing code, put something in and you get an exact output. But if mm. you don't get the output that you want, then there must be something wrong with the code. I put it in wrong. I did it wrong or whatever it may be, but it's just really interesting to me. So I got sidetracked um, to finding strength. Um, it can mean so many, so many different things. Um, and when COVID happened, um, that's, I dove into the movement guild, uh, with, with John Yuen and you, um, and he, yeah, it was like without weights, without ac access to a gym, had to figure out like, what are, what are some other ways to feel strong, to do things? And I realized, oh, you can do these things and other people that I once perceived as strong, uh, people that can uh, push and pull inordinate amounts, amounts of weight, um, they're not, they, they won't necessarily be able to do the same kind of body weight calisthenics stuff that you see on the internet. Um, it's, so it's very interesting. Uh, dancers, martial artists, like they can do things that are just phenomenal. Um, and you don't have to be like them necessarily, or, you know, think of it as, uh, think of yourself as a performer, really. But if you can take little bits and pieces that you can connect with and then start tweaking it for yourself, and it's interesting to you, and you keep drilling it and drilling it and drilling it in your way, it becomes something completely different and your own. And it's so empowering. And it's, it was just very cool to me. And so I just kind of kept leaning into that sensation, uh, those feelings. Um, yeah, and it just kind of where it is for me now. So I'm hearing this kind of positive feedback loop of being interested and then diving into it and then building more interest and it kind of feeds upon itself. You described kind of this change in like gym culture, <laughs> you might call it, yeah. where when you first started 20 years ago, it was kind of like, you had to be a, a buff dude who was really comfortable working out to to feel comfortable in that setting. So where like what was your first fitness encounter the second time around? Oh yeah. Um so I was um I was bar bartending at the time and I was trying to um be more active, get healthier, all that kind of stuff. The way that I lived as a bartender was not very healthy. And, um, what I would do for myself, uh, is after every shift, we were always offered like a free drink, a shift drink. Um, and I was trying to cut back a little bit. So the thing for me was to join 24 hour fitness cause it was open 24 hours and just go straight there after work, just hop off the BART train, make a beeline for the gym and just do my own thing. And at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, there's, there's, there's no one around. <laughs> and so, so I could do whatever I wanted. And yes, I messed around with weights and the machines and the treadmill and all this kind of stuff. But the thing that was so available was that open space room, uh, where you have your, 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 your group classes and mirrors everywhere and there's no one around. So I could, you know, do whatever I wanted. So I was in there and I was just doing a variation of squats. And I realized, oh, my hips can do this thing where it folds in this way and that way that I haven't seen other people do because it's perceived as not safe. And it's always just a regular squat, 90 degrees or parallel, whatever. And I was like, oh, but I can do this unweighted. But it feels really good. It feels really cool. And just kind of like drilled different things and all of a sudden I was like imagining myself just like, I don't know. I felt like an origami piece where I was just like <laughs> trying different combinations at different times, different speeds. And it just felt really cool. Um, I would all, always lose track of time and always came out feeling really good. Like I created something 
And um, yeah, as as I got more confident and comfortable with how my body worked, um, I started doing it around other people. Um, times when I, you know, the weekends when I was off, I would go during the daytime. And I could do this in the corner or wherever it may be. And I was known as like that freak in the gym that was just doing weird stuff. But um, what was really nice was every now and then you would have somebody who was, you know, a gym rat of some sort and go, where'd you learn that? How can you do that? Um, how is that possible? I didn't have an answer, but I was just like, I don't know. I just, it feels good. I do it. And he's like, that guy can like bench over 400 pounds and like deadlift over 600, but there's, there's no way that he could be able to do that. And I said, and at the time I, I didn't know. I'm like, maybe he could, I don't know. And he dragged me over. He's like, show him. <laughs> pulled him over. And he's just like, do, do, do what you were just doing. I think at the time I was doing some variation of a pistol squat. Um, he tried it and tried and tried and he couldn't get it. And so they made a big deal about it. Um, but at the time I was just thinking, oh, I'm just, I'm just different. <laughs> I didn't give myself a lot of credit. Um, and so that's where it started. And they're like, no, that's, that's very strong what you can do. It's like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not built like a brick house. Um, I don't push weights the way that you guys do. And they're like, yeah, but it's, it's something, but it's, it's still strong. So that was a seed that was implanted in me. So you have this kind of budding definition of being able to do things that maybe other people can't do or that interest you and other people when they see these things happen. And then moving through the Movement Guild and you know your exploration since all that, can you describe how, like, what is your current definition of strength? How has that evolved? Ah. <sighs> I think strength, oh, that's hard. <laughs> um, yes, it can include moving a lot of weight in a linear fashion, but I mean, like I saw um, DJ Mirakami like twirling a barbell. <laughs> and I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> and he's a big dude. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's just a big guy thing. Like, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I want to try it. And, and, and I did. And I, I got like one revolution, but I did it and it felt really, really cool. And I realized it's not just strength, but it's just how you balance the barbell. Um, it's coordination. Uh, it's, it's all sorts of things. And it's letting certain joints rotate in a way. It's timing. It's all this stuff. And it felt really cool to me. I was like, oh. So that's that's one form of it, manipulating objects in ways that you would never think to do so. Um, there's strongman training that uh, I saw on Instagram, like the more old-timey stuff. Um, and these were fairly built guys that can drop, you know, ass to grass and do all sorts of things like a bent press. Um, it's phenomenal. This is, this is a time before squat racks were around, right? And so they had to figure out different ways to get the barbell up on their backs or uh, up in a rack position. It's just really cool and interesting to me because you don't see that um, anywhere else, really. But it's quite functional, right? <laughs> <laughs> in air quotes for those listening to just audio. <laughs> it's, it's air quotes because, um, you know, functional fitness has its own thing. And depending on who you ask, it means different things. So to me, functional is just whatever you tend to use throughout your day. Um, I carry things in in odd uh, at odd angles. I move furniture around because I need to make space to work out at home sometimes. Like it, that's functional to me. Mm -hmm. So the training style kind of follows that sometimes. Um, what does strength mean? Also. Um, being able to do things that you didn't think were possible for yourself. And it can be influenced by other people as well. So a couple themes I'm hearing um, in your training are spontaneity and creativity. Yes. Like that's a cool spark of an idea, whether seeing someone else do it or hearing about it. You're like, I'm going to play with that 
in a way that seems interesting to me. Is that fair? Absolutely. So I love that because I feel like one harm that we do in the fitness world is we make it seem like um, there's a right way to do everything and there are people who know the right way to do everything. And so if you want to start, you need to go find the people who know the right way or else you'll definitely do it the wrong way. And I don't know, maybe we treat other things like that. All I all I know is movement and, and training, but it just seems so harmful from the start. Like as soon as you make that assumption, you have to follow it so far down a path that no one should have to go down if they don't want to. Um, so I love this, just like I'm going to play with a thing because I want to play with a thing. Mm-hmm. And I know enough about training and I know enough about you to know that there are other elements of training like um, consistency, gradual progression, things that look a lot less creative, let's say. Maybe they feel equally creative, but you know the stuff that might not look as interesting on a 10-second Instagram video, for instance, like sitting in a stretch or doing another set of push-ups for the you know 12th time this week for the third year in a row <laughs> or whatever. Um, so can you talk about how you balance those two sides of training or what the the more structured side looks like for you? The more structured side is um, by Instagram and any other platform, social media or otherwise uh, platform it to be very, very boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's your usual squats and deadlifts and uh, pull-ups, push-ups, uh, the, the typical stuff. Um, and that's just to build a good foundational strength for me. Um, every now and then I'll have something novel in there that I'm, I'm toying with, right? So um, right now I'm messing around with scorpion push-ups a lot. Um, and just because they're fun, um, but because they require a bit of pushing, um, I, I would replace that with my push-ups, for example, or mm-hmm. whatever bench press variation I'm doing at the time. And that can work its way into my program. But most of the things that you would see on my Instagram page are not things that I program. They are, I'm done with my program. I have um, anywhere from 10 to 45 minutes to burn afterwards to cool down or to play. Mm -hmm. And I just go nuts. I just go ham. Um, I'll (laughs) I'll find a quiet corner if possible at at the gyms that I frequent because they tend to scare people or attract uh, a certain type of attention. Um, And I just just zone out. Sometimes it could be a flow session, which it looks a lot like a dance. I sometimes hesitate to call it a dance because I'm not a trained dancer or anything like that. But I move to music and... Mm -hmm. You're allowed to move that. to music. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give you permission. Thank you. <laughs> um, or I'll try a, a strongman uh, move lift that I've seen. The bent press is something I'm working on a lot. Um, it's really interesting to me. Or I'll work on a single arm hold from a bar with different amounts of weight, different positions. Um, or I'll see something in the movies and I'll be like, is that actually possible? This, this, this action hero that everybody glorifies, is that actually, is that actually possible? <laughs> let, me, let me try it. <laughs> the perfect inspiration. I love that. Absolutely. Can we dig into the bent press a little as an example? Mm. So you start standing with a weight near your shoulder. So mm-hmm. your hand is underneath the weight supporting it. And then you <laughs> dig your elbow into your side. And instead of pushing the weight up towards the ceiling, you push yourself down to straighten your arm. So maybe you're now, your torso is like parallel to the floor instead of standing. And then once your arm is straightened out under the weight, from there you stand up and it's as if you've just pushed it overhead. Correct. Okay. So that's a bent press. Talk to me about what was interesting to you about it and how you started playing with it. So I saw uh, James Fuller. Um, strongman archaeology on Instagram. He's he's amazing. Um, doing all these crazy things, and the bent press was the most interesting to me because um, from you know he 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 knows a lot about it, a lot of history, and uh, you know he talks about guys that were able to do this 
lift um, like at body weight, which is mind blowing to me. Like you're holding your whole body weight in one hand, correct, and pressing yourself down underneath it. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. no problem. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just so unique to anything else that I've seen before, like maneuvering yourself around a heavy weight overhead, uh, which requires a lot of mobility and stability at the same time. Um, it's, it's still something I'm figuring out. I, I, it's, I'm nowhere near, uh, as, as good as a lot of other people. Um, but it's, it's just something, it's a really fun puzzle to figure out. And it's not something that I can really look in the mirror or, uh, coach myself through. It's, it's, it's something that I feel like, um, is completely reliant on feel and touch. And it keeps me so aware and so present in the moment. And it just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe that feeling, but it's just, it's just so, it's such a great feeling. And mm. even if I fail the lift, like you feel like, I feel like I learn something every single time I do it. Every single time I fail it. Um, it's one of those things that I like failing at. Yes. Um, and, you know, you know that saying that you should fail more and failure is a, is a good thing. It is, but I feel like that's so hard to apply to everything in your life. And this is one of those things that I've been failing at, so to speak, for over a year now, year and a half. And it's still interesting to me. And I still go back to it. It's not like I, I'm a, what's the word? It's not like I'm a masochist that I like, <laughs> you know, that, that feeling of being demoralized. I don't feel that at all. Um, so I just keep coming back to it and I learn 1% more, half a percent more. And it's, it's really rewarding and fulfilling to me for some reason. I can't really explain it very well, but, um, you know, if it takes me another three to five to 10 years to figure out. I think I'll still be at it. Wow. I think, I think the, a useful distinction is between failure and frustration. Mm. So people who work with something difficult for a long time and get better at it, I think tend to distinguish between those two really well. So what you're describing is like you are, you're comfortable going into the process, like a, a rep of a bent press. Mm -hmm. You're comfortable knowing it's going to be really hard you might fail by whatever standard you've set for yourself, which in this case might be dropping a weight on the floor or something like that. And that's okay. Frustration, like I'm sure you still have plenty of frustration in various practices, but defining failure in a way that allows you to approach it can be so helpful. And someone could choose whatever definition is useful to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the bent press and uh, any other single-legged squat variation, I think. And uh, what else? But let's just say that, yeah, those those have been keeping me interested for a very long time. Um, and I think it's really, really cool. Awesome. I think those are both really good heuristics. Like um, if <laughs> if you fail at something and then you smile, that's probably a path you want to go down. And if something keeps your interest for a long time, that's probably something that uh, you should feel pretty good about practicing. I feel like too often we we feel the need to have all the the reasons listed out, like all the benefits of every exercise or every every lift we're doing. But if it's interesting to you over a long time, there's probably plenty of benefits that you don't need to even worry about them. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things when I got... I guess, serious quotes, uh, air quotes about, about training. It was, it was less about what I was going to get out of something that I had to like be convinced of by the internet or by some coach or some institution, some authority Yeah. that this is good for you because of this, 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 and this go do it. And it never works out that way. And it never keeps me interested long enough because I'm looking for that exact result and it may not apply to me because of my, uh, my history, my genetics, my background, my experiences, my injuries, like how my body is structured. Like, yeah. Um, 
yeah, that's the big thing about it's it's interesting. Like COVID was was such a sucky time for everyone. Um, but I think the one thing that was really good for me during that time was um, just to sit with certain things and just go after the things that I could accomplish and feel good about. And I had no list of benefits for things like uh, the bed pressed or 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 the dragon squat. It just looked really fucking cool, and <laughs> it was just like. I'm not going to get from zero to a hundred right away, but I could see the progression and feel it for myself every step along the way. And that was enough. And I was seeing benefits, quote air quotes again, physically. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I used to hate training my legs. I hate training legs. I had to force myself to do uh, the traditional stuff, but the dragon squat, pistol squats, skater squats, shrimp squats, like all that stuff. It's just, Every attempt was was a step to learning something new and progressing and uh, getting stronger. And um, I, you know, uh, even looked better. Uh, I try not to base my training on what I'll get physically out of it, like aesthetically. But that happened to come into play as well. I'm like, oh, that that's cool. I wasn't even looking for it, but it showed up. That's awesome. I'm tempted to give like a a bit of a disclaimer for people, which I think you'll sign off on, which is that you listed some specific movements and, and exercises, but what's important is your interest in it. Yes. So for someone else, that might be the squat and the deadlift or Correct. You know, a leg extension or whatever is interesting. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, what you're talking about is the value of following that regardless of the movement. Yes. So... You've talked about a lot of really complex, really difficult (laughs) things. And, you know, we talked about how you also have this, the first part of your workout, right? You do the reps and sets of fairly traditional exercises before going to play. Mm -hmm. But another practice that you have is coaching people, (laughs) right? Yes. So the people you coach, as far as, you know, we've talked about in the past, at least, you often are working on much more, um, fundamental basic things for like the daily life of a 70 year old client for instance right it's not like okay well we'll start out by assessing your your dragon squat where you stand on one leg (laughs) put the other leg behind it and then squat all the way down until you're on the floor right so can you talk about that kind of split between like superhero on social media tasha and like (laughs) kind caring compassionate uh coaching a 70 year old client tasha (laughs) (laughs) um i hesitate to to agree to the title of the superhero (laughs) um we'll edit that out don't worry about it (laughs) but um i'm very fortunate to attract clients that are also looking for things that are interesting to them um and i hope to continue doing that um i really really do because that's what that's kind of why I do what I do. Um, it was very, um, uh, it was just very fulfilling uh, to know that I could do something good for myself and feel, have fun and enjoy it. Um, that it doesn't need to be a certain way. Um, and so, when I coach clients, um, a lot of times, you know, I a big portion of my clientele are seniors. Um, and, uh, I, I have some that are over 70. Um, I have one that is pushing 85 now. Yeah. Yeah. 85. And what's really cool is some of them came in thinking, okay, I need to do this because it's good for me. I need to do this because I want to be as, uh, autonomous as possible into my my winter years. But uh, the really cool thing is when they discover, oh, I can actually do this in my day-to-day thing. It makes things easier. It makes things more fun, uh, more creative. I thought those years are behind me. Like, because you don't see a lot of... uh, I don't talk about it a lot because I can see the light dim in people's eyes when I say I work with seniors, especially when I talk Mm. to other coaches. Especially when I talk to other coaches. That's so sad. It, it is because 
there it's just a, a forgotten demographic. It's just one that's left out because it, they're thought as people that are just, you know, it's, it's too late. It's, you know, they're going to have the homes, they're going to have the wheelchair, they're going to have family to take care of them. It's, it's fine. They're, they don't need to work on themselves. And so it, it's not very available. And then these people tend to think about that for themselves as well. They believe it to be true. Um, and so it's really cool to see when, you know, I have a client who's 75 and he did push-ups for the first time, uh, chest to floor, um, in 50 years. He said he hadn't been able to do this since he was in the Navy, which is really cool. And wow. like, he was, he was really happy. He was really, really proud of himself. And that was, that was, that was just one of the biggest highlights of my month. Um, and then I have a 78 year old woman. Um, and you know, she was, she was convinced that, you know, this is something I need to do just to, you know, be around for a little bit longer and make life a little easier for myself. But she's like, no, this is fun. Like, (laughs) she's like, this is fun. Like I can do cool things she said cool shit she actually swears a lot she's like she's like i can do cool shit i'm 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 strong like i i can do stuff i'm like yeah you can she's like you know i i had this wrist thing i've got a metal plate here and arthritis here and my doctors told me to stay away from push-ups and squatting was you know you got to keep it at this angle or or like i'll hurt myself and all this stuff, but I'm doing everything that I'm not supposed to be doing and it helps and it feels good. It's freeing. I don't have to worry about, you know, uh, she, she was worried about a lot. And, um, we've worked together for so long that she already knows how to do everything. And she's just looking for more unique movements. And she's like, you know, something I've never had a chance to try is dance. And she's like, I've seen some stuff that you do. I'm like, oh, but that's not dance. And she's like, no, but it looks really cool. And it feels like you're dancing. I want to try some of that. And I was just doing a flowy Cossack squat. Mm -hmm. She was like, I want to try that. I said, okay, great. We'll try it. And, you know, and uh, she's like, oh, I have muscles in my groin. Like that's, that's not very ladylike, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because I'm, I'm old. I can do that. (laughs) So we, so we did. And she was like, I, I didn't know that we could do that. I thought it was just for young people to be elastic and for old people to shrivel up and to just lean into that and and just protect the shriveliness is what she said. Uh, And I was like, oh, that's interesting. She's like, let's do more of this. We did more of it. Um, Yeah, we started out with a side lunge, progressed deeper and deeper and deeper. And she can get real low with that Cossack squat and she loves it. And she says it feels like she's surfing on land. And surfing is something she's never done before. That is so cool. Yeah. I like I wanna take your positivity and the joy that I'm feeling and run with it, but instead I'm bogged down by this this anger <laughs> inside me. <laughs> you talked about, you know, when you talk to other coaches about working with seniors and like the light goes off and it's just, uh, it aggravates me so much. Like I think about this, uh, this sign on my grandmother's door of her apartment. Mm-hmm. That's a reminder, which she, she needs, um, of like very basic self-care activities to, to enjoy, <laughs> to try on a given day, like, um, drink some water, try to go for a walk, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if you think about those as like, the foundations of what the fitness industry talks about. It's way more important that she drinks a glass of water than it is that I do my dragon squats on a given day, right? Like hundred <laughs> percent. My video will get more views on the internet, but like they should be part of the same conversation and her part of the conversation should be amplified. Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. I mean, I, my, my grandmother is 93 years old. No, 95. She tells me a different age every time I talk to her. <laughs> I think that goes in the, 
I'm old now so I can do this category. Like I get to tell you what age I am. You can't, (laughs) you can't keep track. And you have to believe me. Um, And, uh, and since she immigrated so long ago, like the paperwork is not quite accurate either. So we don't actually know. I think, Mm. so we know she's around 95. Um, But she's definitely one of the biggest sources of inspiration for me because she's so damn tenacious. Um, She, she won't quit. Um, and it's really, really great to see her. Um, I, I visit her weekly and we do like a mini training session every time. And right now it's just, it's the same, same stuff. It's, you know, the basics of getting in and out of a chair safely. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to walk to the, walk to the bathroom and, you know, do your own business without someone else manhandling you. Um, she, she lives in a a, a care facility. Mm -hmm. I should have, uh, said that but yeah she she shows up i mean i show up but she 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 mentally and physically shows up whenever i say oh you want to do some squats and she'll be like yeah 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 let's do it and and it doesn't matter if she's having a bad day and she needs me to assist her from behind or if she's going to hang on from the side of her wheelchair or if she can do it for a couple seconds before i catch her um it's it's really really cool to see because she won't remember it but she'll feel it in that moment like that mm-hmm. that moment of being present and that that slight uh spark that is so cool to see because i know that um when when uh people aren't around to visit her she's kind of just sitting there for 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 days at a time watching uh, She'll just like look out the window for hours and hours on on end. She'll watch TV. She'll sleep. Um, but when she has a chance to move and she knows she's safe to do so, like that—that's everything to me. Wow. It's really cool to see. It reminds me of the like ignored side of movement, which is the input we see you know, the joints moving, the muscles moving, making certain shapes, but you're describing like she, she gets rich inputs when you visit her that she never gets the rest of her days. And like the things your body senses while doing a squat are very different from the things it senses watching TV. And there's nothing wrong with watching TV, but there's something great about getting to sense stuff you haven't been sensing recently or for a long time. And the cool thing with her is that she doesn't see what she's doing. She doesn't know she's doing a perfect squat. She doesn't know what a perfect squat is. She doesn't even know she's doing squats, actually. I, <laughs> I, I actually show up and I say, you want to exercise? Do you want to stand up? Do you want to get up from your chair? She's like, yeah, 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 let's do that. And then, you know, she'll, and if she's able to stand on her own, she'll like wiggle side to side. And I can see her playing with a different angle of positioning her body doing ankle rotations flexing her toes like and she's in it in the moment and i don't interrupt her and i let i just let her do it and it's it's really really cool because she's just going with what's what feels good and i and it's it's it may sound very boring and just like very simple to a lot of people um but it's just i don't i don't i don't know how to explain it it's just really nice to see and I can feel it uh, as well. Hell yeah. So I have a confession to make. Mm. I really enjoy upper body strength training. Mm-hmm. And lower body strength training and I have a long tumultuous history <laughs> together. And often, like if I know I have squats that are, are on the menu that day that I'm expecting of myself, I'll kind of like drag myself towards the squats. I'm going to picture your grandmother being like, yeah, 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 yeah. At the start of a <laughs> session and be like, what the fuck are you complaining about? You like 33 year old fitness professional. Like, <laughs> Where's the like, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. And we don't do all that much in, in the grand scheme of things. If you look at a training program, I don't have a program for her, mm-hmm. but um, it could be, it it could be eight squats a week. It could be as little as that. Uh, one time we hit it up to twenty four. We did three sets of eight, which is crazy. 
um, it was really great. Um, but yeah, it's 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 enough. And she's always excited. Like she won't remember conversations that we'll have. She won't remember if she did three sets of eight last week, but she knows she wants to do them, which is really cool to me. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I could I could ask questions for days. Um, I might, but I feel like we'll we'll probably have future podcasts to dig a little deeper. Sure but thing. I do want to get into like some quick hitters, if that's okay. So I mentioned, hopefully you can relate, the days where I don't feel like it. I don't necessarily want to start. I don't want to squat. If you do have those days, how do you treat the days where you're kind of like dragging lower energy? If there's, so I also don't like squats myself <laughs> and, and deadlifts, but it's something that I want to get good at. It's one of those things I don't enjoy feeling at. Um, if I'm dragging my feet, I will still get there or set it up in my, my, my home gym. And I'll do, I'll tell myself I'll do just one set. I'll do one set at the weight that I've been doing it at and see how I feel. Sometimes it's all mental. Like I'll do that one set and I'm feeling good. I'm like, Oh, 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 I can, I can probably do another set and I'll ride that out. But if I'm truly, really, really fatigued and I'm not feeling good, I'm not feeling safe. I'll do the one set. And then I'll call it a day and I'll do something else lower body. I will mess around with uh, a dragon squat. I don't know. <laughs> um, or, or anything else. Um, I'll try. I'll just try different things. Uh, that's body weight because I find that more interesting to me. Nice. Kind of show up, give yourself an invitation. Yep. But you can RSVP however you, you need to, to that invitation. Yep. Um. <laughs> However you want to describe your practice, your thing, all this training we've been talking about, what do people misunderstand about your thing? There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> Give me just like 12 to 16 of them. <laughs> okay, probably the top few are that I've just I've discovered something that's that's new and or created something that's completely re revolutionary and it's going to get them the six-pack abs that they've been wanting forever and um the energy of a of a 20 year old um and uh feel amazing all the time that's probably the biggest one if people haven't yet like I should have said this at the beginning, but like pause, go check out Tasha's Instagram. <laughs> you'll see what we're talking about. Like you'll probably have those thoughts too at first. Like, wow, that looks so amazing that it must be some sort of like magical pill. It must be something that you, th th there must be something to get out of it. Like mm -hmm. something very, very tangible and exact. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably what people think because it's so unique. But when in reality, it's just something that feels really cool to me and something that I just, it's fun. Uh, that's all it is. I did get a question from a friend that I haven't seen in a very long time from high school. Uh, and she's been watching my videos and she's like, why do you do the stuff that you do? You know, the jumping around. At the time, I was really into parkour, jumping around, the hopping around, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, because it's fun. Mm -hmm. She's like, and she's like, fun. You're not competing for anything. Like there's no, there's no reward. There's no like you know there's there's no obscure muscle that you're training by doing that there's no uh, award to win or or anything like that she thought i was gonna compete for something so no just it's just fun i'm picturing like a a new blog for you just like a series of blog posts i don't know the fun blog or something where you <laughs> share this like complicated looking exercise or whatever movement you're working on and then you like give a fake list of benefits, like it will make you do all these magical things. And then at the end, it's just like, or it was fun. I'm sure that if uh, if I did that, I could probably sell it, and package <laughs> it in a way, and make shitloads of money. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint. It's just fun for me. It could be fun for you too. Try it out. I love that. That might be the title of this episode. <laughs> it could be fun for you too. Um, another, another quick hitter, obviously we're not the quickest of, of hitters, the two of us, but, um, what 
turned the page for you. So like the second time around in your life after like 20 years ago, you first had that frustrating experience. Was there a moment you can look back to when you were like, oh, I'm into this stuff now. Like this clicked, like I'm going to be doing this for a while. It's really, it's realizing that I have a unique strength for myself. It's something that isn't, uh, that isn't written about or talked about or bragged about a lot. You know, it's, um, for me, it was realizing, oh, I can do this certain yoga move. It looks like a yoga move, at least at the time. Um, I wasn't aware of it and add a pushing strength to it or a pulling strength to it. It's the same movement, but I do it on the bar. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, just realizing that there's something unique that I can be good at and develop. I think that's what it was. So that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, like defining strength for yourself. It sounds like you, when you started realizing that you were doing that, you looked at yourself and you were like, oh, like I'm doing this and it's cool and I'm going to keep doing it. Yes, I can. Why not? And it feels good. Awesome. Last two questions, if you have two moments. Yes. (laughs) What is the most frustrating moment in a practice for you? Like, close your eyes, think back into the gym or in a home practice. When do you feel the most frustration? So it's two things. Um, One, when I see somebody else trying to figure things out for themselves at a gym in a space. And they're not necessarily like, you know, frustrated or, or, or like in distress at all. They're, they're taking their time. They're in the moment. They're figuring things out. And someone comes along and says, what are you doing? Are you going to be here long? Because <sighs> I can actually use that thing for what it's supposed to be used for. Or do you need me to tell you how to use it? Let me show you how to use it. And that really grinds my gears. That's that's probably that's probably yeah one of the top things. Mm-hmm. The second thing is when I'm that person that they're talking to. Oh <laughs> boy! <laughs> and they're, you know, it's it's how I see the gym and the body and your environment. You use it however you want. You use it however you'd like it to be for yourself, and. Uh, there was a, a back extension setup, and you know people usually just do back extensions on them. Totally great, totally fine. Um, it's kind of what it was created for, but it doesn't need to be used just for back extensions. And um, I was trying to figure out different ways to segment my spine at different angles because I was like, I've never done it like this before. I've done it standing, spinal waves. Mm-hmm. I want to try it at this forty-five degree angle. Cool. And I was having a lot of fun getting all the sorts of inputs and all the stuff. I wasn't even aware of how it looked. It probably looked insane. Um, <laughs> and this guy comes along and says, I'm doing it wrong. I'm like, what do you think I'm doing? He's like, I don't know, but you're, you're doing it wrong because that's not what that's for. I'm like, I could pick this up and hit you with it if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. But I, I didn't say that actually. I, that was the thought that was in my head. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure something out for myself, and I don't really want to explain it to you. Um, yeah, that's probably the second thing that's the most frustrating thing to me is when I'm trying to figure things out for myself privately and personally, <laughs> and someone else comes along and uh, interrupts that. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong. Let me show you how to do it. <laughs> when you when you hear yourself say that out loud, it should stop you in your tracks. <laughs> and you should be like, oh, wait a second. Like, maybe I overstepped here. <laughs> maybe you know what you're doing. Man, that's frustrating. Yes. Let's finish on a more positive note. What is the best feeling? possible whether it's that moment of like a flow state or what is you know the peak uh moment in your practice the peak moment in my practice is when i lose track of time completely and my spotify playlist has started to play music that's related to what i was initially uh playing yes and i discover new music and it's amazing 
um, and I start picking up these new gems. And then uh, I start moving in new ways because of the new music. And um, yeah, I those are the times I lose track of time. Nobody bothers me. Or like I, I, I don't allow anyone to bother me, actually. I don't hear or see people. Um, and that's usually during um, some some form of dance flow. Um, I'm I've been a closeted dancer for a very long time. <laughs> um, and so when I allow my body to just move in ways that feel really good and in tune to good music, and it just keeps giving in a way, uh, those those are the best moments because I'm awesome. completely I'm completely present and aware and I'm feeling I don't know I just just feeling really light unencumbered and uh, yeah I promise you if I can figure out the technical way to make this into an actual episode that people can listen to <laughs> if I can figure out a way to actually start this podcast, there will be plenty of people who listen to it who also identify the way you do with dance. And they're like, oh, maybe I can go after that feeling and stop like debating about the label of dancer. Like maybe I can let go of that totally valid debate for a little bit and just go for the feeling. Yeah. Um, I think dance is one of those 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 things that uh, fitness people like to scoff at and make fun of quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> I agree. Tasha, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed talking. Um, I, I, <laughs> I always enjoy talking with you, but honestly, I get really nervous when being recorded, which is funny that I'm starting a podcast. Yeah, me too. But I can now say honestly, after the fact, <laughs> at the end... <laughs> that I really enjoyed talking with you, even though we were being recorded. That's really good to hear. Because <laughs> I was really nervous too coming on. And um, yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. Mm-hmm.